0: Welcome to today's show, I'm going to be speaking with Shane Curran, an s and coach currently undertaking his masters, we discuss all things, strength and condition for athletes, for teams, the benefits, why we should practice SNC all the way across to marathon runners, how it can benefit those, to GEA players, to soccer players, and everything in between, and Shane will share tips along the way, so let's get started with the show. Okay, so on today's show, I'd like to welcome Shane Curran, strength and conditioning coach. How are you, Shane? Not too bad, Jamie. How are you? Great to have you on. It's been uh, it's been a while. I wanted to get you on for a while now to talk all things SNC. Um, I suppose I want to just jump straight in. Um, yeah, let's go. And we'll have the chat. And the first thing I want to do is give listeners, I suppose, an idea of what a SNC or strength and conditioning coach actually is and what your your day-to-day role would be.
1: Yeah. So uh, I suppose there's a there's a few misconceptions maybe about I, I think the title strength and conditioning coaches a bit kind of creates these misconceptions and people think it's all about, you know, getting teams into the gym or athletes into the gym and the you know the conditioning part is, is having just doing a bit of running. But yeah. I suppose the job is so much more than that, you know. Um I suppose from from the point of view of what my actual role is you know when you're working with a team you're talking about i suppose our two main roles are enhanced performance and reduce injury Another you know, the big things we do um and i suppose load management as well comes into that uh, working closely with our coaches manage load and and how we prepare for matches and prepare for the season you know there's there's quite a lot to it like you know if you're say so for instance dealing with like a, a senior guy team you know you're trying to plan a whole year ahead now you know you'll never successfully do it a lot of it is just aiming off but you you, you are trying to plan for a year ahead generally trying to peak for a championship and I mean the last two years it's been very difficult to do that uh, with COVID and with so many restrictions matches on matches off you know things like that so as opposed to this thing of people thinking we just go into the gym and we make players bigger and stronger it's so much more and I think you know, it's, it's generally accepted now that what we do is more athletic development as opposed to strength and conditioning, you know, cause that kind of takes in, in it encompasses everything that we do. I mean, you're talking about the strength side of things, you're talking about hypertrophy or for your muscle building, uh, you're talking about speed development, endurance capacity, anaerobic development, all these different areas, you know, and, and it has to be done in a very specific sort of way. So I suppose, is there one single role or one single linear condition coach does? Not really. You have to kind of be a little bit of a, a sports specific coach as well at times when you're trying to condition players, you know. So I so suppose that that's kind of a a, yeah. a shortened version of, of what it is that the that the SNC does within a team setting.
0: Yeah, because I, I I definitely agree that there is a this big misconception on your role and what it is. And yeah, even speaking to certain athletes or or, or involved with teams it's it's you know you're kind of seen as the gym man kind of situation and that's that's your role but obviously in the notes it's a wider and a lot more expansive role and yeah even i'm seeing now as well they like even touched on there with snc coach being more involved even with the the coaching side of things as well
1: um, Maybe,
0: and yeah i think that's important as well to have an understanding of particularly the sport that you're you know you're preparing the athlete for because
1: yeah absolutely that's that's a massive part of it because i mean you know for me from my point of view anyway you know i'm not speaking for every snc but from my point of view for me to develop a plan that that takes everything into account i have to understand the demands of the sport you know it's really important and i suppose you know the the side of things people see when you're watching when you're watching double and kildare on on in two weeks time you know you're going to see the guys out on the pitch warming up and you want to see the SNC involved there. And those warm-ups are, you know, despite how it looks, they're very well planned and they are planned to get very, very specific um, specific reactions prior to the match, you know, to have both players primed. And and that's part of it. And, and to do that, it does have to be an element of ball work involved as well. Like So it's not it's not just getting lads running and getting lads doing this dynamic stretching and things like that. There's, there's a lot more to it.
0: Yeah. Would you think, I suppose obviously there's different levels of your, if we're talking about yeah, specifically from you know from junior level up to to inter county, but yeah, it is pretty good for it in my own opinion. But do you think enough teams spend enough time on S Yeah, that's that's one of
1: those. That's I suppose uh, I'm going to give a political answer here and say it depends. You know, it's um, my my own experience has been that yeah, like you said, God, there they're, it is becoming a lot more open to it and um maybe it's it's a lot more normal now, at least senior level, it is it's a lot more normal. Um, and yeah. there's a lot of catching up We don't in ga and in a lot of other sports at, at the underage levels, uh more specifically at club level, but you know, we're, we're going to a whole different area there. Yeah. So I suppose do teams spend enough time at it? I'd say probably not. Um I'd say overall probably not. You know, at the higher levels, yeah, it's it's kind of just taken out that you have to do it. But at the lower levels, I don't think they do Put enough attention and attention on it, especially in the off-season period of the year, because I suppose just maybe a lack of funds or a lack of coaches yeah. and a little bit of a, a lack of education on actually knowing what the what the SNC and what the role of SNC is within. The development of a team and a club, not just a team. You have to get a bigger picture here, and you know, that's that's all part of it.
0: Yeah, I think there is. It's a very, you know, it's, it's a very specific question I've asked you, but it, there's a lot of different answers, a lot of components mm. to it. Like, I think one would be a big thing acceptance from some managers of the benefits to do it. I know yeah. yourself, you probably have to fight with a coach, he maybe his arm has been twisted, he's getting you in, but he's going, Okay, I'm only going to give you an hour, or I'm going to give you. Do you know to to what in your respect to work your magic within you know a limited yeah, amount of yeah. time that you're getting? Absolutely. It's uh sometimes you have
1: to be a bit of a politician because um uh, you know you're you're trying to convince people that this is this is the right road to go. And I mean my my own experience and um, you know has been at different levels that in in the off season and the pre-season you get lots of time. But as the season rolls on where managers only get one two days a week with with teams, they don't want to give you that time so you have to be a little bit smart with this and you know if you're getting 20 minutes per session you have to be really smart with that 20 minutes and um you also have to i suppose a lot of it is player education and, and preach the benefits it's, of the, the this kind of prehab stuff off the pitch you know it's of it. but i suppose the other side is younger guys what I'm seeing what I'm seeing is that younger guys are are actually really good. There's a lot of there's, there's a lot of guys kind of going to the gym because I suppose social media has, has really kind of shown the benefits and yeah. then you're you know the guy you're looking at the luxury like, Dublin teams there that have, have gone through the system and have been doing this from a young age and guys are kind of looking to these lads and saying yeah, this is this is where we're gonna be Conor Callaghan Callahan is a perfect example yeah. of a guy who when he went into that Dublin team he was you know there wasn't much for a minute there was more meat on a butcher's counter and you yeah. look at him now, you know, and he's just, he's a, he's
0: a real athlete. But he's really come along really, really well since he was, Yeah, that, that leads into um, another question that, that I had um, for you, Shane, in regards, like, the age and stuff. Again, it, it can be, in your own opinion, you know, I suppose, because, again, everyone will have counter-arguments with with, um, with this as well. But what do you think, regards, say, for athletes and for teams, would be the ideal age to start you know, the application of of strength and condition, even from you know, from uh, talking like from kids. Um, like we know like senior teams should be doing at this stage, but if you're at a Mm -hmm. club level, what what age group do you think they should be starting? Uh
1: honestly, from the minute they come into the club. That's the truth. The minute they come into the club. I mean, it's like I said, it's not just lifting weights, it's it's athletic development. So we're talking about movement. So uh, I am working with Sarsfields in Newbridge at the minute. Uh, I'm, I'm working with the academy. We're, we're trying to put in place a, an athletic development pro, programme. Now, at the minute, it's mainly under 13s minor. And uh, uh, The point is, I suppose, basically, that we want to develop these players. We want to make them more injury-resistant. Um, we want to give them that kind of backing because obviously there's an understanding there that all these players are not going to go through the senior level but yeah. from my point of view, I want to see players who are physically capable and um, when they leave the club and they progress on, they may never play football again, they may never play any sport. Yeah. But we know when they've come to the club, we've got a solid foundation. They move really well. They're strong and they're capable. And then, I suppose further on, that translates to senior level and it feeds into the county then because these guys we have who, who will go into mm-hmm. the development squads, much stronger as a, as a result of it, and are more likely to get selected because you know I've, I've worked at county level underage and a lot of it does come down to physical development uh you know yeah. the game skills are, are really important but physical development is a massive part of it. it is a massive part because if you're physically developed it allows you to play that game a lot easier so yeah so my answer to that would be from a very young age time to come into any club you know if that's under five you start from there even if it's just the movement patterns
0: yeah, I'd agree because the the environment for for kids now has changed a lot. Obviously, with um, Xbox and PlayStation, and yeah. you know, gaming and even social media as well to an extent. And people want to be YouTubers and stuff like that as well. And I, I seen uh, it was an interesting study with um, Manchester United where the the they done a study where. A lot of the kids were actually having, there was more, I think it was for the first, it was probably about six, seven years ago where more of the kids were having more broken bone injuries than say um, ligaments or any other muscular type of yeah. injury. And to put it down to simply that the kids didn't have the skills coming through the academy, it's just in the academy, I should say, from yeah. obviously from five to 18, but they were having more broken bone work particularly with wrists and arms in particular, because kids hadn't developed the skills to fall correctly. Uh, yeah. Just something that they hadn't learned. And that's something even with like, sort of S and C and stuff. Yeah, like you're absolutely. Talking about where we kids can develop yeah. those skills as well. It's very, very important. Absolutely. It's never too late to learn.
1: Um, I mean, God knows, I have had grown ups, you know, in, in their 30s in their 40s doing the same movements that I would have a group of under 12s doing, yeah. uh, you know, be it be it doing crawls or, or things like that. You know, that the the, the uh, people who are 35 and 40 don't want to be doing them and, and will we'll give out. And look at 12 year olds, then and, and they're flying doing them, you know, yeah, but
0: they're
1: uh, really born movements, really good for shoulder development and wrist development and mobility and things like that. You know, there's, there's a lot to be said for those, those as they call them, the uh, the
0: primal movements. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, again, like you said, it can be very frustrating, even from a coach's perspective, to get someone yeah. to buy into, particularly the older crowd, because they think, you know, they've been there, done that. They the <laughs> yeah, don't yeah, need yeah. to be doing those things at this stage. But
1: yeah, I used to run 20 laps of the pitch in my day, and it was always good enough. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. You get that. <laughs> I've got that one a few times. All right. Yeah. It's yeah. still still doing the rounds yeah. um, in some clubs. But I know we're talked about a lot about um, GA, and I want to try and draw in comparison, say, to, to other sports and stuff like that yeah. well, in particular like if we were to look say at like marathon runners and what would say like an snc type program say for that type of athlete how would that compare to say like an, an inter-county um footballer or hurler for example
1: yeah so i suppose uh i'll i'll start with the with the footballer it's 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 you know, it's it's what we're probably more familiar with. Yeah. So if we were looking at a footballer, and we'll talk about the season here, because the season for a footballer is a lot different than a marathon runner. So if we look at a footballer, and we talk about you know they have that kind of off season period there, the November December kind of period there. So normally that would consist of a say a maintenance phase, or if if there is an attribute that they want to develop, generally we look at you know your likes your hypertrophy, so, so building muscle. And so we would use that period to build muscle and. So there'll be quite a bit of time in the gym and they would then be sort of maintaining their aerobic capacity. So you'd never, you, you wouldn't really see them out doing kind of uh, this thing that came, that became very popular during the, the pandemic there. guys out doing 5Ks all the time, you know. Yeah. You'd be kind of trying to keep away from that because it's, it's too too much distance, you know. When you look at a, at a footballer on the pitch, they're doing a lot of, it's, it's a lot of short runs, you know, so there's actually a lot more walking in again football than there is running despite what people might think, you know, a guy will cover 11K, but you might cover, I've seen guys cover 7 to 8K at that walk, and I'm really slow running, you know, at recovery type paces. Yeah. So what we would want them doing is these kind of short bursts. Wouldn't be at 100%, but it'd be enough to keep them tipping, the likes of your uh, tempo runs and things like that, you know, yeah. keeping the distance low and keeping the free, keeping them going out doing it quite frequently. Then you come in season, so the uh, obviously the volume will come up because at this point, we're trying to build that, uh, I suppose, that, that base of fitness, if, if you want to you know. So if we look at it as a pyramid, we're at the very bottom of the pyramid, we're building the foundation. Yeah. And that might go on for up to six weeks. Generally, generally six weeks is, is where we go with that. Uh, the next point then, would we would come into kind of more specific type work. So it will be just, just a little bit faster and harder. Our weight training then, will go more towards development of strength and power. Yeah. You know, We're not going into max strength at this phase. It's just building that strength. So we'll, we'll carry on with that for another four weeks. And then just prior to our, our season, then we're going into our, our more speed-oriented stuff and our change of direction, developing powers that really that ability to really explode off the blocks and, and jump high and, and get that power out, you know, i be first to the ball and take off first. And that's kind of how they would look. And then we would maintain for the season. So it would be a kind of short sessions. You might only have 20 minutes in the gym which are focusing on very key specific areas like the likes of your power development, we would maintain that strength. So have the likes of doing squatting and things like that. You know, depending on the sport, yeah. You know, obviously that would that would be dependent on the sport, but that's generally how it would look. You know, so you go from your 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 base of fitness, your general physical preparation, into your sport specific preparation, which is obviously the, the the field side of that is is just really ball in hand, small side of games, and things designed, like that. Yeah. Yeah, and then. When we go to, so a marathon runner, so it's, this is more endurance-based. So obviously these guys have a much longer, a much bigger calendar. You know, it's, it's a longer uh, it's a longer pre-season if you want. You know, if yeah. you were to look at, we'll say uh, someone in training for the Olympics, like that's a four-year, that's essentially a four-year season. You're looking at they have a four-year period yeah. that they need to get through the peak. You know, so it's a lot longer. Um, you could have these guys potentially outdoing long runs, maybe six days a week, you know, at, at the higher levels. Yeah. And within that, you have to develop this ability to not develop injuries, which is yeah. pretty difficult because, you know, very simply put, the more you train, the more likely you are to get injured. And these guys are, are doing serious mileage. So uh, I, I haven't worked with any endurance runners. I do know a few guys that do triathlon and things. And, and again, yeah, you know, there's yeah. A very very focused on development of strength and um, a lot of it will be muscular endurance which yeah I don't know I've read a few studies there and they kind of would suggest more that strength maybe is more important because you know I can I can do a hundred squats but if I'm running a marathon my feet are going to hit the ground a lot more than a hundred times yeah so yeah. You know my my opinion on it, right or wrong. Here, uh, I'm, I'm taking a chance to be saying my opinion, but my opinion would be that that it would be more beneficial for guys that are doing these endurance sports to put a bit more focus on the development of strength. You know, it's as I said, it's a longer season, but if they can develop more strength, in theory, they are actually more injury resilient because there there is enough studies there to say that there is a link between strength and injury rates, and if you are a little bit stronger, you are a little bit less prone to injury. Yeah. You know, so I I think it is going that direction at the higher levels. Anyway, I think it is going that direction yeah. where you will get your endurance runners spending more time doing a little bit of shant now. it might only be two days a week.
0: Yeah, there is more focus on that's probably yeah. the, the biggest reason I, I said it because uh, again my own experience and 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 talking to merit runners and again it's at a, at a lower level obviously um than your elite level, but they find it very hard to buy into. You know, it's all about having. Feet on the road and getting the distance yeah. in the legs, then actually, you know, dedicating one or two sessions a week to absolutely. It's a hard yeah, absolutely. sell, absolutely. And you know? I mean, it's
1: it's it's no it's no different really than than the coach in the local GA club who, you know, he has two sessions a week and he's gone. Oh, I have to give you twenty minutes. You know, it's it's not a whole lot different than that. You know, no one wants to take away from from the main goal, and I suppose ultimately with a lot of players and athletes they, they got into, into this sport to, to whether it's to run Martins or play football and, and that's what they want to do as well. But I, I have found that uh, with with the guys I've worked with um you know and, and talked to they have kind of they, they are seeing the benefits when, when they've actually gone onto these strength programs, they have actually found that, you know, they are moving a little bit faster and, and they're getting they're getting through things a little bit easier. And those little needles aren't as common, you know, like your knees and your ankles and yeah. You're not as bad, like you know, especially around marathon there's Obviously, uh, a lot of a lot of impact on the knees and stuff. And if you can reduce that impact on the knees, it's it's gonna, especially down the road, it's it's gonna save a lot of trouble down the road.
0: Yeah, it's getting that getting that initial buy-in. I think is the the key that's, thing. For that's yourselves. always
1: there. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's always key. Getting the buy-in. That's that's one of the biggest parts of strength conditions Getting the buy-in.
0: Yeah, yeah. I wanted to just progress that a little bit and expand on. I know we talked um, there to start to this as well and. We touched on like you were given, like a, an insight into periodization and just what's yeah. relevant at the minute there. With obviously, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Kildare and um Dublin, it might be too many um provincial ones we get it we get into um <laughs> yeah. over the last few years. But at what stage would either of these teams be at um from an SNC perspective? You're know, coming into like Leinster final or if they have aspirations to be in a an, an all ireland final, I should say. Um, like does that, you know, when you sit down with the coach and stuff and you're trying sure to plan out the season, plan out the goals and whatever it might be, would that affect so say for example, obviously the dubs or dubs and donegal and possibly Kerry were are aiming to reach an all-Ireland final? So does that impact on how you would structure your, your program and how you would set up with their goals in mind, you know, if you compare that to the likes so of one of the smaller counties like maybe Wicklow or Carlow, or or just to give an example. Um,
1: yeah, like the... um, I, I suppose, you know, when you're planning the season, you always plan from the end back to the start. So you, yeah. you, you plan from where you aim to be and you work back. So I suppose ultimately it comes down to time, doesn't it? You know, um, if I know. If I'm being realistic and I say, "Well, we're not going to be in an all ireland final and we'll have an idea where we want to go. So say so if you had a team there and they were saying, right, well, you know, we're not going to get to a Leinster final, but we do know we have a fair chance of getting into a semi-final here. And that's that's our that's our goal this year is to get to the Leinster yeah. semi-final. So you're still going to give yourself every chance of peaking in the Leinster final. You you do still want to give yourself that chance because if you know if you can get to that semi-final there's nothing to say you can't get into the final. Yeah. So you're going to you're going to be planning to peak around then. So I suppose what you're looking at, uh, I always compare this to uh, to a dog on the leash. You know, you you want to keep the players on a on a tight leash and you want them at this point, you know, obviously the, the final is on the twenty eighth of May there, the lancer final. So if, if my lads are in the lancer final, you'd be doing these really short, hard sessions they're, you know to be really sharp and, and just getting to the point. You'd want them going out of the session not feeling fatigued. Yeah. It really yeah. you'd want them coming out feeling like I oh, have much more on the tank here, so you're, you're you're pulling back on the leash. So that on the day you could just let them go and they can rip into the other team and they have that ability to just take off, hit the shoulders hard, you know, get to that ball and, and do what they need to do and feel that they're they could be as aggressive as they want to be. You know, that's I suppose at this point in the season it's where you want to be. Now on the other hand, if I'm like you're saying, like Sir Douglin your Kerry, who are yeah, we're looking at an all Ireland final. They're only kind of at the start of the peak now because they're looking at coming into the championship. Yeah. So they're realistically not anywhere near the top of the game, and we've seen this for the last, basically oh, well, last ten years of Dublin, where we're getting the of finals, yeah. and you can see, you know, that they're they're still not at the top of their game. And um, so you can you can see they're just still going kind to of do. They're doing what they have to do, and their sessions wouldn't be they wouldn't be as short and sharp they'd be still they'd be still working on those kind of game specific skills. Sessions could be a bit longer, you know, with the ultimate goal, keeping in mind that you want these guys peaking for championships. So you might even be looking at them having a the little break, going into a training camp and then having a break. You know, that kind of way where, yeah. where they're really to yeah. get into this kind of this what call this kind of overtraining, it's where it's a planned kind of planned overload that you want them coming out tired so you get this uh, it's what they call a super compensation so yeah. all those athletic attributes that you want kind of pumped up to the top there they're really overhyped coming into the season and then that- then it's walking a tightrope you know trying to maintain that for for the championship and, and we've seen Ireland, Irish rugby is a perfect example where they've, they've tried to walk that tightrope and have just kind of Taking yeah. it a step fire and falling over the side, you know, it's it's isn't that, yeah, isn't the that where the, where
0: the risk kind of comes it comes into it as well. Where I always said to yeah. people where you have like obviously, even with the, the dubs being a prime example, and that's the one mm. I always use myself when yeah. I when I talk about over, over the the last 10 years in particular, where you get games that are again obviously uh are far superior, but games are probably a little bit closer than people would have mm. expected, even coming to that side, and that's where you're talking about. You know, yeah. teams will probably catch them on the hop because they're at different levels because they're peaking far ahead yeah. of the, the dubs and the games are a lot closer. They're a lot more competitive um, and trying That's to explain I mean, that to people, uh, you know. Yeah, well, I mean,
1: and here's here's another perfect example. So for anyone that likes rugby, uh, England in the last World Cup, they went into that New Zealand game and they, they hit their peak in that New Zealand. They were, you know, I, I can't fault them. They were brilliant in that game, but they hit their peak. Yeah. And uh, when they went in then against South Africa, it was, it was just nothing they could do because physically they had just they had, they had given it all. There was nothing left in the tank, you know. Um, and it does come down to those fine margins. Uh, I mean, even small things like guys playing challenge matches, you know, when there's like a two week break, when really there's probably no need to play this challenge match because you're after playing four or five matches in the league prior to this. The guys are fairly tired. Like the, the leagues mm-hmm. now, especially in the last two years, the leagues have been very, very condensed and and you know, that intensity has been really high to playing week in, week out for, yeah. for a period of five to six weeks, you know, and guys are fatigued and then they have a two-week break, and and coaches think that within that two-week break they need to play these challenge matches because the players aren't doing enough. Yeah, you know, instead of actually going, oh, they need a break, you know, and again, this is this is where the strength condition coach comes in and it's 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 political because you can you can express your feelings to a yeah. coach, but at the end of the day, the coach is the one that has the call, and you know all you can do at the end of it when when the players are are tired going into the next match, all you can do is say, look, you know, we we, we took a chance, and yeah, I'm not saying you were wrong, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here's the here's the data to prove otherwise. Yeah, this is it. But um, just to take it away from uh, I suppose the, the the elite level, Shane, uh, and take mm. it back down to. Um, your junior or your your Joe athlete is there I suppose obviously they, they mightn't have within their own club but I know even from more on the, the soccer side of things being a little bit more poor than the guy for example in, in terms yeah. of implementing s and and working with coaches and that like yourself is there anything that you would suggest or top tips you would put, give to athletes and how they could develop or particular uh, certain exercises if there's three or four that they could work on in particular themselves to probably try and improve their own game physically
1: yeah there is there's so much you can do like uh, you, you know uh, it, it's simple things that's uh, over complicating is, is the biggest problem you know that all you've seen in
0: person social media is a big one for that
1: yeah yeah. people can see these programs but they're they're put up out of context you know you don't see all the work that has gone in for years prior to this program so I suppose uh, the key things people can do a big one that people miss out on is warming up properly effective warm-up uh, is, is a massively powerful tool and that 15 or 20 minutes you spent warming up you know when you work that out over the course of a month so if we say you spend 20 minutes per session warming up, and you do three sessions a week, that's an hour. That's an hour of SNC see that you could be doing a week, you know, really beneficial. And it's not lifting weights, it's following simple protocols. Uh, so you have FIFA have a really good warm-up protocol there. You, you Google the FIFA warm-up, I think it's called FIFA 15. Okay. You have the GAA-based warm-up. Again, this is all available online, very simple. Very simple warm-ups. Uh, so the RAMP system, which is raise, activate, mobilize, potentiate, yeah. Very simple system. It was uh, developed by Professor Ian Jeffries, who is absolutely brilliant. If you ever had a chance to go to one of his, his seminars in Ireland, I'd highly recommend it. You will really pick stuff up out of it. you anyway, going on the uh, the system, basically it, it's it's explanatory So raise you raise your breathing rate, you raise your ret- your heart rate, and you warm up the muscles. Essentially, you're putting wood and, and, and stuff into the muscles, then activate. So yeah. Activate the muscles, very simple. It likes your squats and your lunges. Mobilize, so you do your mobility drills, which might be squatting with a ground touch or squatting with an overhead rotation, you know, things like that. Yeah. And then potentiate. So that could be your sprints or if it was a match, that's ball work. You know, this is your very specific work. In a very simple way, it's 15 to 20 minutes. And the great thing with this system is that you can use it on your off days as a prehab. You know, very, very easy thing to do. Uh, when we're talking about strength work then, you uh, Field-based sports, so it's it's mainly lower body. Yeah. You know, aside from rugby, a little bit different. But, you know, you, you can never go wrong with your with your big movements. So your squat is a great one. Squat translates to power, translates to strength. Uh, it will reduce the, the issues around the injuries. Your glute bridge or hip thrusts, uh, you know, there's so many different names. Yeah. Again, that's that's a triple extension movement. Really good to develop the, the hamstrings. Really good for the developing the glutes. Uh, we could add in some lateral squats or lateral lunges. So that just improve, improves the glute medius. So again, it's just, a, it's a muscle like can become injured. It's unusual to get injured, but you can injure it. Yeah. So adding in them lateral movements is, is really useful because we don't just play football or we don't play rugby in a straight line. We move in multiple directions. So yeah. We need to think about that too. You know, and it's, it's adding in little movements like that. Massive, massive difference. And then the last one is recovery. Very simple. Take time to recover. Don't be training seven days a week. Uh, like even, you know, you can, you can periodize by yourself. It doesn't have to be massively scientific. You can do, you know, a block of four weeks and then take a recovery week, which doesn't necessarily mean not training. It might be going from a five-day training week to a three-day training week where yeah. you do a much lower intensity of training, you know. Uh, but Very simple things like that can have a massive, massive effect on, on your performance on the pitch.
0: Good so stuff. I think that's a really good... Good way to, to wrap things up, Shane, with the top tips as well. And i I'll make sure that um I get a couple of bits of information off you as well, just to put in the description for guys and trolls. Yeah, up I'll, give you, I'll give you links for
1: the. Yeah, I'll pass on some links for the warmth yeah. and things. And uh,
0: yeah, brilliant. and thanks so much for your time today.
1: Yeah, not a bother at all.
0: Really hope you enjoyed today's show, guys. As always, if there's any questions, don't be afraid to get in touch on social media. I have put in the show description below shane's contact details as well and we'll talk to you all again very soon enjoy your day